Splunk Talk, the only podcast that's all Splunk and no junk. I am your host, Birch, and over there, we've got... I'm Hal. I'm excited. Hey. I'm, I'm here. Howdy. <laughs> uh, Zoom thinks uh, although, that I was playing although, music, by the but way. Wait a second. Wait a yeah. second. Do, we don't see me, do we, on the video? I think I think you're pinned. No, no. We see you in the recording. We will see you. You, uh, you sure? Okay. Um, you can right-click on me and unpin me, but I... I know that uh, I everything looks normal. You have all the you have all. And I am the recording person. All right. Okay. I'll just go with it. How's it going, Birch? It's great. We've got uh, this is season two, episode thirty nine. We today we're going to have Jacob Stark, uh, the director of product management. But before that, uh, yeah, uh, things are are going fine. Um, Kicking butt over here in in the developer success world, which I don't know if I've ever talked about on this podcast. Um, How? How are you? I'm I'm doing well. I'm happy. Um, we are at a time of the year, you know, it's the holidays, and we have uh, it's so crazy busy. But at the same time, you're simultaneously winding down, right? You know, everybody's gonna be taking a break um, at Splunk, and and I'm, I know some companies do this. Uh, you know, there's we've got a lot of uh, uh, vacation days, and the company decides uh, that we're gonna just stack them all at the end of the year. Hey, everybody, let's just take off at the week after, you know, week between Christmas and New Year's. So that often is a thing. So that's that's good. It's good times. It's really nice. It, it's such an interesting phenomenon that like they just they kind of realized this in the pandemic when some people are trying to use vacation days to, you know, to deal with the work life balance. Mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. you you like take your vacation days and then you're just you're at home because mm-hmm. you couldn't go anywhere because it was a yeah. pandemic and it was under lockdown. And it was like, so what, what, what I'm still like working because I'm like, you're pinging me on my phone. I'm seeing the emails like my bad. I can't go anywhere. Like, so no one was actually taking a break. So the whole idea of like the whole company shuts down for this day or these days Mm -hmm. is so beautiful because it's like, I don't have to respond to anything Mm because we all agreed. No one's going to work today. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. It's a good time. Um, So that's cool. But there's there's just a lot. Did you want to talk about developer success? I mean, how's that going? No. I because we have a limited amount of time and we've yeah, got a special guest coming in soon and you have a cool toy that I think we should totally okay, focus okay. on. And those that are tuned into the video, um, you know, you're going to see this, but we'll, we'll talk you through what I have, which is a little bit of an unboxing. Um, I got in the mail this this uh, Splunk Edge Hub. That's that's why my 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 video you see all my rooms that I turn off. Oh, that is pretty. So Splunk Edge Hub. So this, I have to, I have to like fanboy for a second. Like, yeah. this is really cool. We are not like, we are not like sponsored in any like way. Like we're not being like told to be enthusiastic about this. Yeah. I actually know very little about this project. I've kind of had my head in the sand. Um, and I'm just like, almost like when a new Star Wars movie comes out, like I want to, yeah. I want to have like clean eyes. So I'm very excited to see what you're opening up here. We've got the Edge Hub box. Nice yeah. so black letter. I'm not going to do, I mean, there's people that do unboxing videos and they've got, you know, the separate video set. I'm, I'm not going to do that. So yeah, we'll, we'll just kind of break down. The, yeah, this we'll is break me down. literally opening it for the first time though. However. So this looks like a, like a, like, um, like any consumer electronic it box. Does. Like it doesn't look corporate does, or anything. Which was, um, which is interesting. Um, I've got a, a power brick in here. 
Um, Ooh, but I love when that, electronics you know. have power. But the, the key here, and, and this is um, this is in public preview. There's there's a, we had a a good bit of content on this and diet.com, so it's not secret secret. But it's um, neither is it something that is for sale presently. It is in public preview. But um, so we can talk about it to the extent that that the the public information is that. So it's a box. It's um. Ooh, I see me. That must be a really nice box. Yeah. So so <laughs> it's, it's reflecting. It, yeah, it does reflect. So this is a, it's a computer, right? Oh, um, sleek. So what you have here on the front, there's a screen. Um, it's what a, you know, three by, you know, it's less than three by five, whatever, two by five. Or yeah. Um, and it's got uh, Ethernet and a couple of USB ports. Um, now what? It looked on the on the back. It looked like there was some mounting, uh, some yeah, placements um, for some mounting brackets. Yeah, it looks maybe some. Yeah, definitely. We got three, a power button so on top there. A little, little bit of front. um cooling fins there's a there's a power button on the front with a logo yeah so i think you've seen the whole device and you can kind of get a sense of the you know it's a little smaller than a book you know by by my hand um what is it so edge hub is the name what else came in the box by the way before we talk about like it was just that in the power brick um we got the power brick we got the box so we got the unit itself um i've got uh i don't know some usb cable and some mounting hardware, maybe. I've got an international power adapter thingy. Plugs. And that's about it. That's about okay. It. Any any instructions or anything? I don't know because I just opened the box for the first no, time. No, but I mean, like, there's no, it's not like, remember when we were kids and we'd like, you get like a DVD mm -hmm. player and it comes with like a 40 page manual? Yeah. Like the play button, this plays your media. Thank you. And then like over time, it was like, how about we just make the products intuitive enough that we don't need to shift these convoluted instructions. Uh, I, was so I was here curious. for that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So this does not have an instruction manual, which means it's probably straightforward on how to use it. It might. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know because the box is down there on the floor and I don't want to go pick it back up again. You just <laughs> ask, you ask too much of me, sir. What is the Edge Hub? The Edge Hub is, first of all, it's a device, a hardware device. Is Splunk a hardware company? No, we're not a hardware company, we're a software company. So what are we doing here? Um, the fuller story will, will come out in time, but the short story is we're building something to enable partners to bring new types of data into our world. So the thing that we do know about is getting the data, acquiring the data and the data at the edge. What does that mean? Well, you know, if we're talking about security, IT, traditional use cases, then we, you know, it's data center stuff. It's, you know, endpoint devices and, you know, firewalls and things like that wiring closet um and and increasingly uh SaaS, you know services uh sources of data um well edge has another meaning um and that might mean close to where the data comes from um mm. wherever that may be so Maybe think the about the network yeah, the edge of the network, um, non-traditional computing devices, or maybe not computing devices at all. Um, factory floors uh, might be a great example of that, or different retail scenarios. You know, where... what this reminds me of is like, uh, I remember when like hacking became a big thing, people were really worried about like, what about like our power infrastructure and stuff? And it was like, well, good thing. None of that's actually connected to the internet. So yeah, yeah. Like it's so old, like it doesn't, it's not even like smart enough to handle that. But this this actually is it like includes like sensors and stuff. So it could start it to does. aggregate environmental yep. context and and digitize that and and send that mm -hmm. along to the network. Yeah, exactly. Sound, vibration, light, 
Um, I don't have the full list of sensors off the top of my head, but there's a, a bunch of sensors. And Sound, vibration, and light makes me think this is what they should have had in Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. ELO, um, you know, the What's TSO, electric... Uh... Light orchestra? Yeah, yeah. And TSO, oh, okay. Trans-Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> it's got those in there? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, I know we're going to have to transition here in a few minutes because uh, yes. we do have a guest, so I don't want to spend all the time on the Edge Hub. And it's not out yet, but it's interesting and it's exciting. And we'll be talking about it, you know, next year. Yeah. And each each episode, we can keep checking in about how we could have a segment called <laughs> Hell Living on the Edge. There we go. I like it. I like it. No, it, um, that's honestly, that's not a bad idea in the sense of where where I you know, can kind of see us going. That, that, that could be interesting. What are you going to use it for? That's actually a great question. I don't know yet. Okay. Um, I do have it to figure that out, to play with it to hack on it so that the I can start that ideation ahead of partners whom I'll be enabling for that very same reason. Is this available? So, I I think I know the answer. Can consu will consumers be able to get this in the near at term? Sam's Club only. That's a joke. That's <laughs> at, a joke. <laughs> at Radio Shacks, your local Radio Shack. <laughs> so all you have to do is find a Radio Shack. Yeah. And so no, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, you know, that's we're, we're early on on the how will this get to market step? I, um, I think it's going to be it might end up being like only part only available to partners like you had mentioned, not yeah. for consumers. I mean, I would tell tell everyone listening, uh, Google, I mean, we've said some stuff publicly. Um, and but we reserve like, the right to change our mind. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Cool. Oh, very cool. Well, I am excited. I do like the idea. Uh, I'm gonna write this down a new segment called how Hal's living on the edge and if anyone wants to make a theme song for that segment we won't <laughs> we will definitely uh we won't use, turn that away we won't turn that away okay we've got uh jacob joining us in three two one. Oh, really yeah well, there we go yeah that was like a perfect Rather timing timely. yeah hello sir how you doing Good morning oh and we and he has no audio. Man, he has no such a audio. fail. I do. While he has no audio, I do admire. I think he's either got a picture of a bookshelf on the wall or a mm -hmm. bookshelf in the wall. But I think we should, in the wall. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you now. Awesome. Could you one day also put a poster, like a wallpaper of books on a bookshelf on the other wall, mm, just to balance <laughs> it out? To... <laughs> yeah. You could tell how good people's Ethernet is by if they can discern which one's real and which one's fake. Um, I like Mr. I like Stark, it. how you doing? Good, good. How are you two this fine morning? We're great. We were uh, we were just catching up uh, before you came on. Get all of our excite excitement out so that we can now focus uh, on you. Um, you are the director of product management. Uh, you have some interesting stuff going on these days, and we'd love to hear about that. And we'd love to do what we what we do with all of our guests, your orange story, which is just a mispronunciation or mispronunciation of your origin story. So how you got to this position that you're at now. So tell us briefly about what, what you're up to, and we'll dive deep into that at the end as well. Yeah, sure. So what I'm currently up to is I'm working on a new search experience for Splunk. So as we've been at Splunk, we have, uh, I worked previously on the, the main big search experience that we use, and we kept getting all this awesome feedback of, I wish we could do this, I wish we could do that, but it was really hard to implement all that feedback into the existing tool. 
So what me and the team are working on is we're actually implementing all of that into a new tool that's using SPL2. So we have a completely revamped version of our language uh, behind the scenes of everything. And then as well, we are creating a UI for all of that. And that's what I get to work on. Oh, that's so awesome. It's it's really, um, that that's one of the, the most fun parts about the product is that, that front end, that designing, the innovation, the the new things. Um, and then there's the, you know, the, the maturation that, that comes later. Also exciting, but it's a different kind of work, you know? So like, how did you get into product management? You know, like what, what types of things have you been building, um, you know, in your career? Yeah. So actually my undergrad was in 2D, 3D computer animation. So I wasn't actually Whoa. thinking product at all. And then um, I just saw a job listing for product management role. And I was like, that's so weird. That's like everything I've ever wanted to do. And I didn't even know product management existed. And so <laughs> that's what I ended up doing was actually I switched gears. I was supposed to go and work for some studio doing some small stuff. And like, I don't know if you know much about animation, but it's like you have 400 people, at, you know, some, like a really big one. You have like 400 people working on a movie, but like a lot of it is already controlled and done by like the top 10 people. So mm -hmm. they create the the storyboards, they create the style, they create everything. And then by the time it's all the way down to you, you're sitting there and you're just trying to like move a character. Or you're trying to set up the light rig for a certain specific thing. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I was on track to just be working in that industry, saw a job in product management and was like, yeah, this is definitely what I want to do. So made that switch over. Did you, so did you go to like art school? I, I did. Yeah. So I went to a university that's like really well known for their animation program. And so it's, it's much more like a structured program. So every single person focuses on one specific thing. Wow. And so like, if you go to like a generalist program where like, they don't have a really good um, higher rate, it's like, they, they're like, yeah, just do whatever you want to do. But this one was like much more like a factory. It's like, you're going to worry about this texture. You're going to worry about the lighting. You're going to worry about the rig. So hmm. yeah. So you specialize so pretty quickly. Did you stay in that space as a hobby? Mm. Me? No, other than having really well done slide decks for a while. I had very overly <laughs> animated slide decks, but <laughs> I bet everybody I don't know if that's like, necessary. Great. All right. It's, Joe, it's Jacob's turn. No, I, I actually, said, that's no, I think about that's not true. I did do motion graphics for some companies and then I did a lot of like corporate stuff. So, yeah. So I I did it and I knew I was going to do it. So I, now I have to ex explain this away to the to to everyone listening because I, I I'm just gonna I'm gonna do it again. So I get this, I'm gonna jump on top of this landmine to explain, and, and I feel like Hal's about I, to I want to talk to yeah I'm I'm gonna reveal. So I love talking to Jacob. Yeah, I, I, he's a great person to work with. Your name ends in the uh, with with the same way as another PM that I work with, Joel Jacob. And I, I just got the, the the Edge Hub today in my hands, and we were just talking about. It and I was like, oh, I'm going to script the name. So anyway, that's my excuse. We're talking to Jacob now, not Joel Jacob. So my bad. Anyway, I'm excited to talk to you about the stuff <laughs> you're working on. I'm going to physically put this away, and maybe I've cleared my mind now. So we were just unboxing the Edge Hub before you joined, and so we both Ooh. have that like new toy jitters. Super Can't fun. wait to plug it in. Yeah. Yeah. So after you got your first gig in product management, like were you at a number of like enterprise or like business to business type companies before you headed here? Uh, like uh, how did you end up at Splunk? Oh yeah. So I started off with like a, started off with like a large nonprofit and I actually did physical product. And so they had 18,000 buildings throughout the world. 
And what I focused on was the technology inside of those buildings. And so one of the big things that we were working on is um, transitioning from satellite-based technology to internet-based technology, and then making sure that we had the different tools necessary to be able to enable that experience. So like I, I focused on like webcasting tools and I focused on multimedia tools. Like we had a huge global broadcasting arm that was all being done through satellite. And I was on the tools and technologies to move it into internet. And so it was super, super fun, really, really rewarding. Cause you'd see like a group of youth from one part of the world interacting with a completely different group, like group of youth from a completely different part of the world and being able to just like share and uplift each other. And it was really awesome. Wow. So I, I loved doing that. And then um, I had a person who kept trying to hire me who had seen my work and was just a really big advocate, um, but he was in data. And I hated data with like a burning passion. Cause like, I am, well, how do you hate data? <laughs> like, what, well, I'm like, my background like in art, visual stuff and like doing, doing building to building communication was kind of exciting. Cause I was still like on the multimedia part and I'm still like doing a lot of video production. So like for that, it still made sense. And uh, this guy was like, Hey, come over, work on a bunch of data projects. And I was like, that sounds so boring. I have no interest in this at all. And he was really, really persistent. And I ended up working for him and it was like the best experience ever. And so then I led um, product management for a lot of data tools for this nonprofit organization and um, massive, massive tools across everywhere. And one of the tools we worked with was SAP, uh, some of their tools, and I really disliked using it. And <laughs> so I ended up applying directly to SAP and telling them in the job interview and they loved it because like they're extremely blunt as a company. So like you, you were like, I'm so passionately dissatisfied with this experience i want to work for the company to improve yeah. it yeah yeah i've yeah. noticed like, this I would pattern send them... where you're you're like i find something that like i don't like or i know nothing about and it turns out to be something that i get incredibly into like yeah. no i don't know about product management and now i'm in it i don't know i don't care about data now i love it <laughs> SAP, you suck now i'm working for you <laughs> well i didn't so i did so i did data work for like a number of years with the nonprofit. But it was like, it was like, you're drawing another type of art. Like I worked on algorithms that did different types of predictions. And I did like all this stuff where it was like, oh, this is really basic. And I really, really love it. And, and it's crazy how much there's an art and a science to both of them. And I found a really good balance between them. And I was really happy. But then the tools I, were use, that I was using just felt so dated. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, so I applied over to SAP, had massive complaints about the tooling. And then luckily enough, was able to actually get into a product management role where we got to build the new cloud-based version of the exact tool that I so strongly disliked. And so then I did that for five years and it was fantastic and really, really awesome experience. And um, SAP is like embedded into a lot of different industries. And so we were able to work with, um, so I got to work like directly with a number of really big clients. I think the only one I can officially say at this point is like, I got to work with 49ers, which is really fun and do venue oh, analytics. Wow. I know nothing about sports, by the way, but like, we got to do all sorts of really cool analytics for them. And then a lot of other major companies that we all know. The, Don't the worry, we can cover you on the sports ball talk. We definitely <laughs> love to hear really about good the, on the 40 sports ball. Yeah. They make a they, lot of three pointers. Yeah. One time they... They like they would introduce me to, me to people because I'd be like working in the venue and they introduce me to people and I'd always be like, oh, no. it's so great to meet you and try to pretend like no I really had any interest. And then one time they were like, that is not anybody. We were just introducing you to some <laughs> random person to see how you did. No, I had no idea. I have no idea who these people are, but yeah, like, yeah, that would be funny. I would be the same like, way. Loved working with them. Fantastic people. So then after I did that, I mean, like SAP's main focus at that time, and I think still is, is like dealing with structured data data primarily. Yeah. And so um, when I was thinking and starting to look at Splunk, it was like, 
what next is a challenge for my career? And it's like, how do we provide this kind of like, because we, we really didn't have that. Like when I first started with uh, Splunk is this idea of like, what about commoditizing your experience working with data when it's unstructured? So you had it already where you had these BI tools from like Microsoft, SAP, Tableau, et cetera, where you could point and click through and any end user could build up a query, but it was really, you were already at the end of the process. Mm-hmm. So you already had we're someone endowing like, the data with structure at the beginning so that you could do things with it at the end. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that was the number one complaint I was hearing every single time is like, you had all these different roles. And by the time you got down to here and I was working directly with customers. And so I'd be like, okay, so what we need in order to make this prediction is we're going to need data from this source, this source, and this source. And they'd be like, well, that means I have to go through these seven people here. I have to go through mm-hmm. these four people here and I have to go through these three people over here. And I was, I was just so frustrated. And then you'd get it back and it was wrong. And you're like, that's not the data I needed. And you had to go back through. And so, um, and then people would like set up the data, transform the data incorrectly, just all these parts we know from the ETL process that can go wrong. And so coming over to Splunk, it was just like, oh, it was so relieving because it's like, we got the fire hose of data. I can see everything that's coming in. And now, and it's, you know, 360 connected together. How how can I make that accessible to the rest of the average user? Because Splunk was much more in my head before coming here, like um, like it was more like a hygiene product. People would be like, oh, I use Splunk, but it's mostly to make sure that nothing's going wrong in my business. And then you'd meet people where they were doing amazing, way more advanced use cases. But you would you would hear often from people who are like, oh, I don't know how to use it. Someone set it up for me. But the language is such a barrier. And so that's where we wanted to get involved with this new project was really just saying like, how do we make sure anyone on the entire planet can jump in and start using the power of Splunk. That was our main goal. You know, you you reminded me of a number of things from when I was a customer. Like when I first, I, I had done some of those enterprise software things and trying to like, uh, let's put this like massive structure on the data. And I was so intimidating. And like for my personality, I was like, I'm getting like anxiety because it was like, if I don't know exactly what I'm mm-hmm. looking for, mm-hmm. like when I start, then like this is going to be impossible to come back to. And then with Splunk, it was almost like, accept, accept defeat, except that you don't know <laughs> what you want to ask of the data. So just yeah. bring it in with all of its mm-hmm. ugly and figure it out as you evolve. And that was so like, I think that's how I fell in love with the product. I was like, I don't have to stress anymore. It is what it is. And it isn't what it isn't like. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you think about like the way that people learn and and the um the structure of the brain and how memories are formed, all these things, a lot of it is you know, there's patterns and it's different for different individuals and and you can't change that, you know. So it's gonna be something where if the data is accessible to this person because they like and understand that structure over there, you can't pop that uh someone that doesn't into that situation. They can't be successful. It is very, very difficult for them to be successful. So what you're, you know, kind of jumping on there uh, is is a it's a really noble mission. It's a very important one, I think, a valuable one, because now that person who would be unable to contribute fully and and you know, be productive in that land over there where the data is only this way, we have some more options. But I, it sounds to me like you've identified even in a, in, a, in where Splunk, where we did some solve the, some of those basic premises, and we've been doing that for 15 years. What is it that is so hard? you know, and that we, that we did not yet make easy enough for everyone. What is the core of that, that I think that you, that you're focusing on? And, and I think Jacob, you were, you were, when you were touching on like the creators versus the consumers, like there's so many people that are like, oh yeah, I use Splunk, but I don't know how to like do anything with it. And then the creators that are like, I do incredible things. And yeah, like, I want to hear more about, it sounds like you're making, you're moving the needle there. 
Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. We've we had really, really positive feedback so far. We've got 90 customers using the new search experience now. Um, it's getting embedded into some of our upcoming products, for instance, Edge Processor. And uh, it's hopefully dramatically improving and simplifying what people are able to do in these regards. Um, for me personally, um, the thing that I'm really excited about is the point and click experience. So the 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 world that I came from, as you as as I'm explaining, is like I had no experience in these tools. People would tell me you have to be a data scientist to do this, and then I would do the same exact type of work as a data scientist. And people would say you have to be this to be able to do that. And it, it just I didn't want others to feel what I had felt, which was like you can't do these things. Like that's really my number one goal is for someone who wants to be able to do something not to be told by someone else this isn't something you can do. So our number one goal is you want to be able to write a query. And that query needs to be able to 360 look at your data. You want to be able to spin off millions and millions of views of your data. So the two big problems that we really looked at were, okay, how do we make it where you can just point and click and create as much of that query as humanly possible? And then as we do so, what we did is we we made sure Without it was on having top to type of, stuff, just like a huh? WYSIWYG type building of the, the, yeah. the search. Okay. Yeah, which again, try to find that in the market. Try to find a really good point and click experience against unstructured data. We didn't have it. Yeah. And so what we did is we built that, that layer and then we preserved a hundred percent of your point of your written functionality, because what I didn't want also is I didn't want it where you knew the language or you became really fluent in the language. And then you're like, oh, cool, but I'm constrained because I can only do these 10 actions. So what we did is we actually make it completely bi-directional. And this is the thing you're not seeing much of. It's really, really easy to make it where everything is controlled by point and click. But what we did is where you can change the actual underlying code and everything updates, or you can point and click and it updates the underlying code and it's completely bi-directional throughout the entire experience. And so that makes it for someone like myself, that's actually how I started learning um, SPL was we had like an internal tool, not an internal, we had a we had a tool that we hadn't fully released that's called Table UI, which if anyone has heard of it, it's awesome and you absolutely should use it. It's now much more productive use ready throughout all of Splunk. Um, but that's how I learned was through this kind of like more limited version of point and click. It was one direction, but then it would show you the generated SPL. And now what we did is we took that and we just dramatically upgraded it and said, let's make it where you can go both directions. And so you can be an advanced user or you can be an entry user. You can be working together on the same project and you both can get to what you need to get out of that. What does this run on? Like, is this uh, is this like a, a new app that's going to come within Splunk oh. Enterprise? Yeah, good question. So right now, if you are a Splunk Cloud customer, you're able to get access to it. So you have to be in one of our three regions where it's supported. So I think it's like US East, US West, and EU West. Um, so if you're one of our Splunk Cloud customers, you get it for free today, but you do have to request it. And then if, um, but in the future, we're looking at how do we just embed this more and more in. And then one of the things we're also looking at, looking at, I just want to be really, really clear, because I know there might be people listening in on this. Um, what we're looking at doing is how do we bring the power of SPL2, which is a language that's enabling a lot of our cool use cases directly down into Splunk D and make it available across the entire ecosystem. So once we have that, then the UI that I've been working on can really be anywhere. So we're not as passionate about exactly where that UI sits because it can be literally anywhere. Right now it's limited to cloud and the future might be available to everyone. And when, when the people in those regions request it, are they given, this is like very detailed, but like, are they, yeah. are being, are they being given like a new UI? And so if they wanted to compare parity, like, is it like, okay, I got my Splunk cloud over here and then I've got 
um, this new search experience in like a, a different browser? Or is this yeah. like, again, like, part, or is it like built on top of their existing like cloud stack? Yeah. So at Splunk, what we have is we have something that's called enterprise cloud is what we refer to it internally. And it really is just where we have um, what you know from Splunk and you know and love. And that is like hosting the cloud. Parts of it are optimized in a number of different ways for the cloud. Then we also have some other platforms that exist as well. So like we are, our observability suite is slightly different. And then we also have something called SCS internally, which is our, um, it's really for our cloud native services, but there's some UI that's also hosted inside of there. So if you're on Splunk Cloud, you've probably already heard about or started to use something that might be coming from our SCS side of the fence. And uh, this right now, this UI sits on our SCS side of the fence. Now, what we're working on also, which is also the other project that I'm doing that's been really, really, really exciting, is we're pushing across our different teams at Splunk to unify all of our offerings underneath the cohesive umbrella. So some things that we've been working on is like making sure that um, you can go backwards and forwards throughout all these environments as the same user using SSO, um, being able to have a common navigation bar across all these environments, like stuff like this, where it's like in the future, that type of question will never happen. People will be like, I don't it's know, I don't care where I'm at. I'm just accessing Splunk. Like, why does this matter? So that's where we really, we really want to get to is we want to make sure that you could be using a brand new architectural platform behind the scenes for one thing. You could be jumping over to something else that you know and love and that it just feels completely continuous as an end user. And then you could even be migrating between things without realizing it. I can ask so, a million more questions, but how I want to make sure I don't, <laughs> I don't. Well, I wanted to make sure that, that it, we're not quite at the end of the podcast, but it, it sounds like the public preview is still open and customers can request this today. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. Um, we're really quick, quickly closing that public preview. So if you are listening to it now and you're pausing, you're hesitating, you're fluctuating on if you to sign up or not, do it now. Do it now. And I think <laughs> do it's it called now. New, do it now. Um, I think it's called the new search and dashboard experience. So if you do Splunk new search dashboard uh, experience and uh, you search for that, you should get to our public preview portal and then sign up there. And if you can't find it, you can always reach out to me directly, Jacob Stark at Splunk.com, and I'd be happy to help you out. And actually, I was I was doing some quick Googling, and I found if I just searched for Splunk new search experience, your blog post was the top result. Oh, cool. So yeah. I think it's back back in July, you you wrote something, uh, and there's a link to the public preview signup page. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Love it. And uh, the, the title of that one is uh, Welcome to the Future of Data Search and Exploration. And uh, yeah, you've got some, uh, looks like an animated GIF with the, the interface right there. So that'll be great for people to kind of understand. What about what about an animated GIF? Does he have that? I was going to say, no. there, 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 we, I didn't, I couldn't find that blog post, but I could find the one with GIFs. So yeah. I don't know. Oh, shh, man. It's the holiday season. Are we going to do that? Be, it has to be gift giving Are we going to do that? Yeah, there it is. Okay. It's pronounced GIF. Nope, that's what with I put a, with, with jelly G. on my mm -hmm. bread. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, I think... As people explore this, you know, what what have you found as some of, like, you've been surprised. You have um, a uniquely kind of in-tune sense of when you're, like, surprised, right? You're like, I don't like data. And then you're surprised. You're like, I, I'm I'm going to try the things I don't like to do. And then I'm going to be, like, surprised that, like, wow, I like it. What, what has surprised you about uh, your expectations and the reality as people have started to use the new search experience? Yeah, I thought I was building a tool that was just for me, which um, I'm a terrible product manager. I really don't care about my customers. <laughs> so <laughs> I really, well, which works I really out when like, you are the customer. Like, what? Like with SAP, it's like, I am the customer. 
Exactly, you know, exactly. Yeah. So I kind of approached when I came over to Splunk, it was kind of a similar thing where it was really strong willed. I was like, I want to be able to use this. I want to use this tool. And um, when I first started with Splunk, I thought honestly, there was a part of me that was, that, there, that the amount of people that existed that were me were much, much, much smaller. That's what I first thought. And I was like, because we, we keep hearing this feedback, but we didn't hear it when we went to .conf. We didn't hear it when mm. we were like talking to people. Um, because like we were talking to all the experts. We're talking to all these people who were like massively good at Splunk, who were just crushing it and were helping train and do other things for other people. But then um, we started doing these interviews and we started talking to customers. We've, we've done, uh, we've talked to at the very least hundred customers at the very, very least. I think it's actually like closer to 250 now when we count. And um, when we talked to these customers and got their feedback on the experience, what we found is there was such a massive amount of opportunity. There were so many people who wanted to use Splunk, but couldn't. And then even still, we found so many admins where they were like, well, yeah, this speeds up my query writing as well. And it helps me more quickly enable people on my team. Yes. And so instead of even pointing them to like Splunk Fundamentals 1 and 2, they'd say, just use this new experience. It'll teach you how to write it in place. And so that's the way to learn it. And we'll just apply, we'll hook it up to our own data. So you're learning it against our use cases and then just get started with this. And that was the thing that was deeply surprising is I thought, when I first joined Splunk, I was like, I don't know anything. Because I was talking to these people where they're writing these really beautiful, awesome queries. And I was like, I don't even know how to get where mm -hmm. you are. And then even my my direct circle of peers that I was interacting with within the company, I would ask them for help on something. And they'd be like, no, this is a much better way of writing your query. I can get it down to you know, three lines and all this stuff. And I was like, I just didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea. And um, that's the thing that more deeply surprised me is just how widespread that problem was and how every single company had people who wanted to be using Splunk and couldn't because of this exact same challenge. What an interesting like takeaway that's probably universal in life that like we're not getting the feedback from that real like critical mass because they're so timid because they feel intimidated about using the product and the learning curve that they don't feel qualified to give feedback. Whereas you've got these experts who are like so proficient and so passionate that they're willing to talk about it. And so we're yeah. getting feedback that's not, you know, this is a universal thing. You could end up getting feedback that's actually just the squeaky wheel, but not the wheel itself. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it yeah. turns out there's a lot more Jacob Starks out there than you thought. Yeah, which was really comforting. I mean, yeah, kind of worrisome, but really comforting. <laughs> Um, what about I'm, like, oh, go ahead, pal. I was just gonna say I'm excited. I mean, it's, it's, um, this is the way that, that we, we bring more people into, into the fold easier of understanding the things that, that we're passionate about that, um, man, if you could just understand this and, and the way that this could hook together, oh, uh, you, you really need to understand, you know, SQL and have a data theory background and, and, and that's, that's slowing us down, honestly. Yeah, Totally. So what about the the more technical folks? Like, do you see them being able to adopt this as well? Or do you see this as more of like a, a way to have a lower barrier to entry, but then mature into, you know, oh, I'm comfortable enough. I just, I just write stuff by hand. Yeah. I don't use the UI anymore. Yeah. And that's, that's my favorite part also where we like to surprise people is um, we'll do these calls and it'll be with someone who's an advanced user. And then we start the call being like, you know, I write my own SPL. I'm not interested in your experience. I'm only doing this because someone else asked me to look into it. Um, we had like three or four customers that were very, very much strongly this way, where they're just like, I'm just doing this as a favor to people who have asked me to. And um, and then we blow away. So if you're an advanced user, get ready. So one thing is the power of SPL2 underneath the hood is going to completely change your life. We are able to unify batch and stream queries now. And then the other thing we're able to do is we have a lot of customers where they have 50 million browser tabs open. 
And so they'll have it. I, I, I like to, for these advanced users, they start off that way. I'm like, cool. Tell me how many tabs you have open. And they're like, I've got 10 to 20 tabs. One person said, I have all of them open. And apparently the Max in Chrome is like 52 tabs and they had every single tab open on Splunk because when you're writing out your queries, you mm. are- Each tab is a different phase of- uh, Yeah, of, of, of what your investigation was. We were finding people weren't actually doing searches. What they were doing is investigations. And so they had to have all the different facets or views as they were going down through it. So um, what we have introduced in the new product is multi-statement search. So you can actually daisy chain things together. You can also have them disconnected from each other, but all within the exact same concept of a search module, you can say, I want to look at my entire problem holistically. I can save that, share it with others. And as soon as you show that to like someone who's a power splunker, they're just mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, yeah, I need this. I need this now. Can I have this right now? And then you show them also where it's like, yeah, I can just point and click create a stats command too. You're sure you're never going to use that? And they're like, I might use it every once in a while. Because it's like, there's certain things where like, I just don't want to spend the time. So yeah, for like doing a rename, for sorting something, you probably don't want the point and click experience, but there's some more advanced stuff where you're like, you know what, it's just faster to do this. So me, mm -hmm. I go back and forth now. I can now write SPL really well. And I go back and forth constantly because sometimes it's just faster to in yeah. place rename something in place, filter something out, et cetera. And so we've we've done that, but then also I absolutely love it because I just create these search modules that are a complete view of everything instead of me sending back and forth my coworkers. Like my boss and I were constantly sending each other reports as we're analyzing data. Now we're not sending 50,000 you know, Slack links. I just, we're working together on the same search module. So that's awesome. So what is the, the is our formal definition of a module? How, how do we wrap our heads around what, what this new thing is? Yeah, I, I simplify it really just down to this is kind of like when you come into it, you're going to see on your left-hand side an outline and mm -hmm. you're able to create as many search, uh, searches and charts as you possibly want. And then you can keep that all together. You can share it with a, with a group of users and then you can keep collaborating together. So there's there are more technical terms we could use for it, but like right now we still get pedantic internally about like what exactly is a module? So yeah. I just apply down externally to, it does this thing for you. It allows you to group a, a collection of searches and charts and, okay. and then you can collaborate much more easily. Awesome. So it is uh, the, the searches and the results. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's that not caching simple. the results. So it's okay. the SPL, but then you're going to execute it. So okay. yeah, just clear on that one. Awesome. Well, I, I appreciate you kind of letting us into the, the depths and, you know, the journey and, and I'm, I'm excited about, you know, what's to come. So I, I hope the customers are too. And uh, if you have uh, enterprise cloud right now and you're in, what's it, I think uh, you said Amer East and West and, and Europe West. Or, yep. Yeah. We're in West. So, all right. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, we really appreciate And I was going to like scroll up. Uh, Jacob. Yeah, that would be so funny. Don't if do you, that. After he said that, just keep correcting him to the wrong name. <laughs> you guys, I appreciate you. We appreciate well, uh, you. I, I think we're about out of time. Um, yeah. Happy holidays, everybody. I'm just glad that we're able to, you know, take a take time and, and just have a conversation for a minute. You know, this is really exciting. Cool. So thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Hal. Thank you, me. Thank you all thank for listening. Uh, Thanks, have a great holiday break and happy splunking. All right. Thanks, everyone.